As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Earth 911, Sustainability in Your Ear, the podcast conversation with a changemaker working to accelerate the transition to a sustainable carbon neutral society. I'm Mitch Ratcliffe, your host. You may not see the evidence every day, but the electrification of our economy is well underway. According to Bloomberg NEF, society has reached peak global demand for every form of fossil fuel in 87 countries. With the cost of solar-generated electricity now firmly below the cost of natural gas, homeowners and business can confidently begin their transition. The challenge is how to store that electricity, and battery technology is the focus of massive investment. Our guest today is Damir Pergay. He's CEO of Miami-based Amptricity, a maker of solid-state battery technology. That's a chemical-free electronic storage system that provides enough power for eight hours of home backup electricity. Amptricity's batteries can be recharged 11,000 times. At one charge cycle a day, which is more frequent than most homes will require, those batteries could work for at least 30 years, and they are guaranteed for 25 years with a 96% charge capacity. That's about a decade longer than the current generation of Tesla battery wall products. Battery technology will perhaps be more ubiquitous than solar panels as we reorganize the electric grid to make it more resilient. For example, a home connected to the traditional grid could have a backup battery charged and ready for a blackout, even if they don't have home solar. We've discussed the potential for a new grid, and the pieces of that puzzle are becoming available. Let's explore those possibilities. Amptricity is taking orders now and has promised to deliver enough capacity for 400,000 homes in the next two and a half years. You can learn more about Amptricity at www.amptricity.com. Amptricity, by the way, is spelled A-M-P-T-I-R-C-I-T-Y, amptricity.com. Welcome to the show, Damir. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's uh, raining in Miami, but it's all good. Well, you Thank know, you for having in Miami. Me. It's 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 natural for this time of year. Um, I you've been through a lot of uh, extreme weather. I hope things have been settled for you. Yes, uh, we have, and uh, I'll tell you one thing: Florida needs a lot of energy storage. That's for sure. <laughs> well, let me start off by asking: uh, just could you break down the difference between a solid state battery and a chemical battery, so that everybody understands what you've achieved? Yeah, I mean, really, at the end of the day. We, what we have is a solid polymer electrolyte, okay? Mm -hmm. The current industry is using liquid or polymer uh, gel electrolytes. So what you have right now is, for example, why the 
why the batteries are blowing up and all that is because it's the electrolyte is gel based. Mm-hmm. Really comes down to that. Now we use four different uh, <clears throat> electrochemistry. So for example, for the stationary business on the anode and the cathode side, we use an LFP. Uh, and the reason is because it's all about the specific energy. So in terms of, in terms of, uh, the application, you want to look at the cost performance. So, for mm-hmm. example, with the LFP, we're able to do 11,000 cycles, which basically enables the battery to last more than 25 years. And so, so, LST, what does LST stand LFP, for? LFP, LFP. So, it's LFP, lithium iron right. phosphate. Okay. So, okay. for the stationary applications, you're going to use uh, different density, excuse me, different electrochemistry. So, in our case, we took us two years to productize the technologies. But to give you a summary, the, electro, the electrolyte is a solid polymer mm-hmm. and, and the cathode and the anode and the cathodes are different based on the uh, market application. So, for example, the stationary market, we use LFP, which is lithium iron phosphate. And by doing that, we, we can use specific energy according to the market application. And so what we did was we tweaked the life cycles to last 11,000 cycles which is a deep discharge. It has mm-hmm. unlimited shallow charges. And so now, now you've got a magic energy box that can last more than 25 years. We're giving a lifetime warranty. This box, this energy box can take AC, it can take DC, you can marry it to utility grid. You can use it for solar. You can use it for wind. You can use it as a standalone. So if you're a house that doesn't have a lot of sun, you can still use it as a standalone system. So a 12 mm-hmm. kilowatt hour system, for example, uh, will enable you to store the energy at night and then use it during off-peak hours. So talk a little more about how the device, the battery is is connected to the home or the business. Is- Actually, it's really simple. It's hardwired directly to the panel box. So our system obviously comes, uh, so in terms of productization, we have 12 kilowatt, 24 kilowatt, 36, 48, and we even go up to 60 kilowatt hour systems for the residential. And with that, we use obviously LFP uh, technology with the solid polymer. On the commercial side, we have actually light commercial, which is 150, uh, 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 excuse me, 60 kilowatt, 120 and 180 kilowatt hour systems. And then for the commercial, truly commercial robust uh, situations, we have the 150 kilowatt, the 310, the, the 470 kilowatt hour systems. And then for utilities, we have the, when I say utilities, any utility, uh, global utility, uh, any uh, solar player, renewable uh, uh, wind player, we have the ability to provide them with one megawatt, two megawatt and four megawatt hour systems. So there's 15 SKUs. And so how what we've done over the last two years is we productize them to appeal to different markets. So for example, your 12 kilowatt hour system, because it'll last more than 25 years, you can finance it and marry it to solar applications. So you're now financing solar and storage at the same time. So now your solar only is not costing $90 a month, for example, less than your phone bill. Well, so let's, your pricing ranges, uh, you mentioned several more SKUs than I have in front mm-hmm. of me or that I saw on the site, but for a 12 kilowatt hour battery, it's about $19,999 right. up to what I have. The high end was 48 kilowatt hours for $73,999. Mm-hmm. What does an average home or small business need to ensure reliable electric capacity during a blackout or just as part of their solar installation and management of that power? So if you look at like an average home, uh, you're going to need, and here's what we're saying. It's about 12 kilowatt hour system to a 24 kilowatt. 
Mm-hmm. So we're seeing the demand is for that. Now, obviously, there's some larger homes that will want more. It also is a function of do you have solar associated with it? Or mm-hmm. are you just using it for peak shaving where you're storing the energy, you're getting the energy from the grid at night, and then you're using it during peak hours? But, but I can tell you, based on what we're seeing right now, uh, a safe thing is to start with 12 kilowatt hour system. If it's a larger home, you may want to have 24 kilowatts. You can actually get a 12 kilowatt first and then add another 12 kilowatts. It's a 24 kilowatt hour system. So we're pretty flexible when it comes to residential. We're also the same thing as we're flexible on the commercial as well. But I can tell you that what we're seeing is on the on the residential, a safe bet is to start with 12 kilowatt hour system. Uh, if you have good, fi- we have uh, the ability to finance the, the, the product as well for 25 mm-hmm. years. Uh, and no one else in the industry can do that because of being a solid polymer uh, based uh, a solution, then we can do that because of our durability and, and stability and, and all the technologies associated with it. So that is, I think I would say to you that for residential, it's start with 12 kilowatt hour system. On the commercial, it's going to vary whether it's, uh, you, you could migrate to a light version first, like a 60 kilowatt mm-hmm. uh, system or 120 kilowatt hour system. Now, do you have any data about the impact on property values when you install a battery? Uh, you know, for a lot of homes, that's a $19,000, $20,000. It looks like a lot of money, but of course, it lowers your overall cost of energy. You save from well, that, but what does it do to the value of the home? Well, yeah, the cost is really depends on how you look at it. So, for example, our system will last more than 25 years. Mm-hmm. We have a lifetime warranty. And so from our perspective, traditional technologies today will uh, last six years. So when you look at it from a perspective of technologies, just the electrochemistry, the electrochemistry is four times superior to what you have today. That's number one. Number two is because it's solid based, you're not worried about thermal runoffs. You're not worried about uh, worry about it uh, exploding on you. You're not worried about, uh, you know, being toxic. And so, for, and, you know, you've seen the cars blowing up for example, because they're using current uh, lithium technologies because they're all gel-based. So mm-hmm. from a property perspective, think about it this way. If I buy this today, it's an asset that will last 25 years. So when I'm selling my home, first of all, I'm going to be more sustainable, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is uh, uh, I'm going to be able to transfer that that product to the new, uh, to the either I will take it with me because it's not going to be difficult or I will leave it in in the home and leave it as an asset for the new right. for the newer now because it's non-toxic non-flammable non-explosive from an insurance perspective uh the, the technology itself is far far superior in fact on our uh, ev charging applications that we're coming out with we will be able to put the ev charging station inside a gas station because you, you, we don't have to worry about it blowing up like you have current technology so you the value of your home it will also, uh, it will increase, but even more importantly, you don't have to worry about when you're sleeping now whether your uh, battery is going to blow up on you in your garage. So, how do you see the electricity storage options for homes and businesses changing over the next few years? There's a lot of startups in the battery space. Uh, there are going to be a lot of options and a lot of different mix and match approaches. You you yourself mentioned that your stuff is modular. Modular. Uh, when yeah. We about, when we think about our planning as uh-huh. homeowners or business owners, should we should we be thinking about incrementally stepping into this uh, or buying into a generation and running with it? 
Well, here's the here's the cool part. First of all, you know, if you look at the industry, for example, there was an article about Ford saying that solid state will be ready by 2030. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was another article by NREL that was saying that eight-hour discharge will be ready by 2036. We've been under stealth mode for two years. And obviously one reason is because this technology can pretty much decarbonize the planet. And therefore that's, I love the name of your, your podcast. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, and so from our perspective, uh, this is the box that actually changes. Uh, uh, it's a game changer. So when we look at the, the competition, we look at how things are playing out. It's not any different than, for example, 25 years ago, Everyone was saying, like, ah, solar's not going to make it. It's too expensive. You know, it's going to take a long time. So while everybody's talking about solid state, like it's either in the lab or they plan on having it 2030 to 2030, excuse me, mm-hmm. we're shipping commercial units uh, this in December, January for pilots. And then obviously for our pre-orders for residential, we're going to be shipping Q1 of next year. So my, my, my point to you is that, in terms of the competitive marketplace, we have a product that can be financed with solar right now. We can decarbonize the planet probably by 10 to 20 years faster because while everybody else is talking about having solid state in their labs, we're production ready. We can uh, import and assemble four gigawatt hours, which is about 400,000 homes over the next 30 months. And then we plan on building factories in, in North America and then expanding from there. So. From our perspective, this is the perfect time to buy because now you can lock in into a technology that's going to last 25 years. You can finance it over 25 years. If you've Mm -hmm. got solar, you can marry it to solar. You can use it for peak shaving. You can use it for backup. So it's a game changer. Now, you're you're taking pre-orders right now. How's the uptake overall? And and one of the challenges that everybody has with EVs, for instance, is they get on a pre-order list and then they wait for two or three years. Are you ready? I love that. That's a great question because we actually are mimicking what they've done in the EV industry. No, we're shipping Q1 of next year. So our capacity, as I said, is uh, is four gigawatt hours, which is equivalent to 400,000 12 kilowatt hour homes. So from our perspective, it's a matter of what that product configuration is. And so this is the part that we're seeing, as you asked me before, we're seeing uh, the units uh, a demand for 12 kilowatt, 24 kilowatt, and 36 kilowatt hour systems. It's a great place to take a quick commercial break, folks. We'll be right back to continue the conversation. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Welcome back. Let's continue the conversation with Damir Perge. He is the CEO of Amptricity, which recently introduced solid-state battery technology for home and business. So, Damir, um, solid-state battery technology, you've described uh, lithium iron phosphate. Mm -hmm. Is it limited in any way, the, the potential for growth, by the need for raw materials? And what are the environmental impacts of making these batteries? Okay, so let me start with what happens after 25 years of our uh, incredibly disruptive technology. After 25 mm -hmm. years, we'll pick up your box, we'll strip out the metals, and then the electrolyte, which is a monomer, we use for a fertilizer. So it's 100% recyclable. There's nothing like that in the industry. So when you look at the batteries that are being built today because of their current electrochemistry, there's a problem. What do I do with it after six years? We will not have that problem. In terms of the chemistry, so for example, as I was saying earlier, is that we use LFP for our stationing markets. Uh, one reason is because the specific energy of them uh, is, uh, is not, doesn't require uh, the highest form. So for example, for, for stationing, it's LFP. For our trucks uh, and buses, we love that market. You know, our, if you ask us what's our primary objective, stationary market, because uh, every home, uh, needs it. So, you know, Bill Gates had a vision of putting a software and desktop in every home. Uh, Steve Jobs had a vision of putting, uh, making technology easier. Google founders had a vision of making information easily accessible. Well, our vision is to put a, this wonderful box into every home in America and the rest of the world. If we can do the next 10 years, we can decarbonize it. The planet much, much quicker than people ever thought possible. But now, in but terms of the need, other But do we need access? But do we need uh, access to say, large amounts of lithium and, and you're going to need okay so a uh, great so as we continue yes we're the whole industry needs lithium right and everybody's right. looking to migrate to different uh minerals so in our case for our uh truck and bus industry we use what we call a modified lmo lithium manganese oxide okay so we have a bus that uh basically can go a thousand kilometers which is unheard of Okay, it's a mm -hmm. 600 kilowatt hour system. Uh, it can go six, uh, thousand kilometers. We have a truck that can go 800 kilometers. So we use for chemistry on that. It's still a solid monomer on the electrolyte side. There's obviously other ingredients that are proprietary, but in that case, the chemistry is a modified LMO. In terms of high specific energy, and we're looking at some race uh, uh, car applications, we can go up uh, 377 watt hours per kilogram on a specific energy. Now that's a uh, composite NMC. So from our perspective, the whole industry obviously wants to migrate away from cobalt. Obviously, and we know why we, you know, cobalt uh, as a mineral uh, has a lot of issues right now, especially because absolutely, if you, if you look at if you look at it, you know, obviously cobalt uh, it, 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 you can extract it from copper, but the problem is the highest concentration of cobalt is in the Democratic Republic of Congo, so there's issues with that, right? So the industry itself is migrating from that. In our case, we're look we because of our electrolyte, we can use different energy, excuse me, different minerals and different electrochemistries on the anode and cathode side for different applications. But at the end of the day, uh, you, you know, you obviously need lithium uh, and, and the whole industry is going to need it. And, and so there is a, a requirement to localize it as much as you can. And everybody's doing mm -hmm. that. So Today, if you look at the industry, it's 80% controlled by, by China. Uh, and so uh, and the rare earth uh, materials are even more controlled. So 
so the industry itself is trying to obviously migrate towards different areas of the world. And so wherever we look to set up a factory, we'll look at uh, uh, simple things like how, uh, uh, how much access to lithium do we have uh, in terms of uh, our production capacity. So, so where are you sourcing your lithium now? Right now, it's sourced out of uh, uh, out of China. But as we look, so we're looking at putting up a factory either in Arizona, Texas, uh, uh, Arkansas, uh, Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and uh, Georgia. So we're looking at setting up a four gigawatt factory in one of those states. Right now, we've had some discussions in a couple of states with some key people. But uh, there are there is access to lithium. So if you ask us uh, where are we looking to source it, it'll be uh, North America and South America when we set up the factory here in the next thirty months. And do you have a do you have a sense uh, from doing a life cycle analysis of the batteries of the overall environmental impact of of building a battery? Is it is it a does it produce toxins and does it uh, result? in extraction that is damaging to the environment? Well, first of all, mining is a very uh, uh, long topic, right? So yeah. uh, there are companies right now on the mining side that are looking to extract uh, lithium in a very environmentally friendly way. Okay, I can tell you that uh, we've had mm -hmm. discussions with some of those. The, the mining itself, I mean, I'm not going to spend uh, three hours talking about it, but at the end of the day, if you look at the product we have, there, of course, uh, there is no such thing, in my opinion, at this point in time, 100% uh, environmentally friendly mining, okay? But you can look at no, it. there isn't, industry. and, and there probably yeah, will not be. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, could, you source, could you source lithium from expended batteries as an alternative, for instance? Yeah, you you can, can we can. We can. We can do that. We can do that, of course. And also, if you think about it, uh, and we think long-term, uh, 25 years mm -hmm. later, when we get the lithium back, the battery is done, let's say 25 to 30 years, because actually the, the cells are designed to last for 35 years. But at the end of its life cycle, we can extract those minerals and reuse them. So at least, mm -hmm. the, and then the polymer itself ends up being, being a fertilizer. So if you look at our technology from, if you're a true purist environmentalist, okay, and you look at our mm -hmm. technology, you say, wow, these people are actually going to take the minerals out after 25, 30 years, use the electrolyte, the polymer for fertilizer, and now put it back into, into the new product. So from that perspective, there is a 360 component. The problem with the industry today, and it's any industry, whether it's uh, batteries or you name it, the original extraction of minerals, and I know the industry, obviously, we all know the industry is trying to get there. It's not 100% uh, environmentally friendly. I mean, we could uh, go for days to going back into the, the uh, downstream supply chain and, and track it. But at the end of the day, the industry is trying to do it. Uh, it's not there. And if you look at where we're at, from our perspective, we're, mm -hmm. we're probably the, the leader in that space right now. Well, you know, it, it's, it's encouraging that you can describe the recyclability of the product at the end of life, mm -hmm. because a lot of things, including all the first generations of solar panels and wind turbine blades and so forth, were designed without a recycling solution in mind, but you guys are, are, are doing that. Now you said you're gonna have a pickup program that's built in, is it a service that will, uh, will they have to be buying a new system to have the pickup? No, done, no, no, we're gonna, to, no. Yeah. Right now, and by the way, you know, 25 years later, things can change, but I can tell you because our vision is sure. very similar to yours is the, uh, 
to this is a beautiful planet. I love this planet. I want to live on this planet, die on this planet. Uh, I want to decarbonize as fast as I can. Uh, mm-hmm. And so from our perspective, the objective, uh, are we're going to bring the product back. They don't have to buy a new product because we, okay. there's a lot of value in us taking the minerals out and uh, yeah, turning it into fertilizer. So from our perspective, uh, it's, uh, it's a money-making opportunity for us on one end, but also on the other end, it's to help the consumer uh, have new options for new products. But God knows what's going to be available in 25 years, right? Uh, if we had tried to imagine what was going to be available now, 25 years ago, we would have been <laughs> surprised. Uh, I mean, I mean, I remember paying $2,500 for a megabyte of storage. And, yeah, uh, that was painful, wasn't it? <laughs> but this is this is also, I think, why there's a lot of, of cause for optimism. Let's talk about the grid, because you've mentioned this a couple of times in the conversation already. The, you know, the traditional hub and spoke distribution model that we have mm-hmm might give way to something a lot different, something flexible that includes local power generation, you know, from rooftop solar and so forth, combined with batteries. So a few questions about where we might go with reorganizing our electrical system. How does the battery technology that you're working on change the way we organize and pay for power? And and can we start to think about potentially public utilities being disrupted in the way that a lot of traditional business was by digital business? You know, I love that question. And it's one of my favorites because I deal with it every day because obviously on one side, we're doing pre-orders on the residential. On the other side, on commercial side, we are teaming up with some large players. How mm-hmm. Electricity sees it is, is the following. We want to provide this disruptive uh, solutions, energy solutions to everyone from utilities to, uh, you know, VP virtual power players to, to residential homes. So, from our perspective, the main theme is energy independence because I experienced Snowmageddon. I'll never forget when my grand four-year-old granddaughter asked me, well, Deda, it's Serbian Croatian, Deda is grandpa. Deda, why is our house cold? And I couldn't tell her, like, well, because your Deda didn't think the power grid would go down. And so I wasn't thinking about it. And the irony is that this happened to us in Texas while we're under stealth mode, like productizing the most powerful solid state technology in the world. So there's a lot of humor behind that. Mm-hmm. And so we use that as a story. It's a very painful experience. So as a consumer, we give you the ability to have energy independence. If you have this magical electricity box, at least the 12 kilowatt hour system, now you can control your own energy independence, your own destiny, whether you marry it to solar or whether you just use it as a peak shaving box to reduce your bills and uh, electricity bills and have uh, backup stories when necessary, we can do that. In terms of utilities, we're talking to, we got, we have under stealth mode, we're approved by a very large utility. Uh, we're looking at some massive pilot projects on one megawatt to 20 megawatt hour solution. So in terms of utilities, uh, we, we you know obviously want to offer them the same thing. So the future of energy is basically com- combination of distributed storage and generation, mm-hmm. as well as uh, centralization, because, you know, a lot of people want to disrupt the utilities, but from my perspective, that's not really a wise uh, choice because we rely on centralization of energy so much. What we can do is amplify it and give mm-hmm. uh, people the option. So you're going to see in the future uh, uh, utilities coming in and setting up battery storage parks. I mean, one of our opportunities that we're talking to commercial players is to set up, imagine this, imagine a thousand energy storage parks across the country. 
Mm-hmm. And each of them is between 10 megawatt to 100 megawatt systems. And they're placed in locations. It doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor, or middle class. Those systems are placed there. And now you can tap into that storage. God forbid if the centralized system goes down like it did in Texas. And it created a lot of deaths and a lot of pain. It was horrible. I still have PTSD over it, to be blunt. Mm-hmm. So now we want to, you know, unlike a lot of some of the other players, we're going to team up with everybody because this box can do AC, can do DC. It doesn't matter. You'll take, yeah, it's agnostic. I can tie it to a natural gas power plant uh, to, to store energy instead of building more natural gas power plants. I can tie it to wind farms, uh, solar farms. I mean, it's a box that will take energy in and, and give it to you when you want it. And then the holy grail is that we can discharge it over eight hours. And that's mm-hmm. what the utilities have not been able to do. This is what NRL has uh, said would be ready by 2036. And now we can do it uh, today. So from, from a perspective of we want to uh, partner with large utilities, large renewable players. Some of these utilities are now obviously migrating to solar generation, wind generation, and they already have for years. We want to partner up with uh, smaller players. We want to partner up with large retailers that can actually put up a system in their uh, convenient uh, stores and, and use that as a backup for the not only themselves, but also for the surrounding area around them. So it's really well, so you, a... You, you, you use the phrase energy independence, and I think that's huh? that's something that a lot of our listeners are interested in. They want to be They want to break free from the constraints that you've described like being dependent on a grid that uh-huh. goes down a lot and will be going down more often in an extreme weather environment. Mm-hmm. So do you advise people to install generation, solar or wind or whatever it might be, in addition to a battery? And can Yes, they uh, think, I do. I think so. Can they ahead, also sorry. start to think about going off the grid, even though they're in the middle of a city? Well, here's the coolest part. First of all, I advise that uh, solar, I'm a huge fan of solar, okay? Uh, I really am. I think so. The cost of solar is, uh, has been reduced substantially. And if you look at it per kilowatt hour, it's, it's the leader right now. So yep. if I if I have a home, I mean, literally with our system, now with our system, you can literally have be off the grid. It's all a matter of how much consumption you have in the household. What what you know, what are you using? And then with the solar, you can obviously you'll know what you're generating based on where you live in the country. So the coolest part about this, you know what? I'll tell you this way. Because mm-hmm. of our solid state solution today, people can be completely off the grid. It's a matter of how many kilowatt hours you want to put into your system based on your consumption, number one. And number two, two is, is you can add on to it. So it, it, it's a, it's, it's, this is a, the holy grail. This is absolutely the holy grail for someone that wants to be off the grid. Uh, they marry it to solar, and now they don't have to depend on the utility for their power. So then the other thing that that makes me wonder about is whether or not even neighborhoods or an apartment building could, in a sense, set up their own local utility because they could add on as they needed additional capacity, like you're saying. Is this also an entrepreneurial opportunity for for communities, either individuals or as a community, to invest together to get to this post-carbon environment faster? It is because we've already had since we've gone out of stealth mode uh, last uh, 10 days, mm-hmm. we've already had inquiries for more than two gigawatt hours. I kid you not. And uh, uh, and what we're seeing, it's kind of cool to see this. What we're seeing is like that there's a you know, there's a request, for example, I want to put uh, three in three locations, 20 megawatt hour systems. 
I want to marry it to solar and provide uh, into mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in, in it's like a very uh, a microgrid, right? So we're seeing that, and and there the reason it hasn't taken off, and it is taking off. Let's let me not say it's not, but mm -hmm. what we can do is amplify that because now the Achilles heel of any solar generation has been storage, and so with our ability to discharge over eight hours, and by the way, I might add that not only can we discharge over eight hours, but we can also uh, that's a zero one point two five C rate uh, rating, so I'm not going to geek you out here. But we can also do up to one eighty C, which is depends on the different technologies. It's like twenty second dish uh, a discharge of one megawatt hour system. So my point is that now you can set up these solar facilities across the continents uh, uh, and into smaller communities. So if you're a real estate developer, you want to develop a you know, 500 uh, house or 1,000 uh, house community and make it green. Now you have the capability of setting it up. And the coolest part is that our one megawatt hour system, uh, so you could do a combination. You could put mm -hmm. a 12 kilowatt hour system into your into a residential homes, let's say if you're a real estate developer, and then you can put solar on the roof. But then also you could have, uh, let's say, 5 to 10 megawatt hour backup system for the community and right. each one of our megawatt hour systems fits in a 10-foot container so from a space perspective it's a game changer because it does not require a lot of space so you could do combination you know if i'm a real estate developer and i'm developing a even a, let's say 100 unit uh, uh area 100 home area i could put up a 12 kilowatt hour system into each home i could put the solar on there and then if i choose to i can also by the clubhouse put up a you know, two megawatt or five megawatt hour system, uh, just in case uh, whatever weird conditions happen in terms of uh, if it's for Miami hurricanes, I could uh, I could tap into that as well. So it's a game changer. Really think of it as you have a white blank piece of paper. You want to become an energy independent. Now you have two powerful tools that can get you there, which is solar and our storage solutions because they both last 25 years. Well, you know, that, that, that suggests that there will be a different set of, of developers of this technology than yes. we have traditionally relied on large utilities. And, you know, for instance, that home developer, they put up, mm -hmm. they could also have ongoing revenue from the community for of providing course. electricity. So that utterly changes the economics of, of, creating new communities. So how do you how do you describe when when your grandchild asks what the world will be like in 2030 in terms of availability of renewable energy? First of all, I'm a huge optimist. Uh, and I think uh, for example, your podcast uh, helps the cause tremendously because the more people realize that there are solutions today, we don't have to rely on technologies mm -hmm. in the future or they're in the labs then you really are helping decarbonize the planet faster. So from our perspective, you know, if you ask me what's the quickest way to decarbonize a planet, you marry solar right now. The technology is great. Okay, always can be improved, right? In fact, uh, we're tied into some large solar manufacturers in the world where they actually say solar is like a fashion business. Every quarter, there's a new version of the technology that has a better potential. So if you tie marry solar to our storage, and you deploy it, if we can, you know, from our perspective, we can do set up 100 gigawatt hour factory as fast as we can. And we're going to do it in four gigawatt hour increments. 
then think about it. We're outputting 100 gigawatt hours per year. Obviously, I like to go higher. And now you're marrying it with the production uh, of PVs uh, from different manufacturers. And, mm -hmm. and so now it comes down to, does the consumer want to be uh, energy independent or is the entrepreneur make a, want to take advantage of the biggest opportunity in the human, human history, which is to actually decarbonize the planet and become energy independent? Uh, so I see that next 10 years are probably the toughest years for plant the planet. Uh, if you look at COP27, mm -hmm. I saw, I mean, we're not meeting our goals. So what has to happen is the power of the people. People have to, I mean, think about this. I'll, I'll what is it? Imagine in America, if 50 million homes had 12 kilowatt hour system that will last 25 years, that won't blow up. Okay, there will you can charge do charge discharge as much as you want shallow charges. You can fully discharge over you know twenty five to twenty eight years. You marry it to solar. What does that do to the infrastructure of the country from an energy perspective? So now you can also change the dynamics of how utilities work. So all of a sudden, utilities instead of having to build more uh, plants, they can team up through different incentives and become uh, tap them into the virtual power plant scenario. The problem for utilities and why they've not been big fans of, of uh, renewables, well, one reason is engineering, it's, it's physics. It's uh, the, the renewable technologies are, are not stable enough. So from that perspective, if you've got 50 million homes that you can tap into and, and, and tap into that energy storage, for example, when you require it, you can manage that stuff. Then the vision of what a utility means is much different than what it is today. So in terms of disruption, the smart utilities will see that, recognizing that now we are giving the entire renewable industry a solution that has been an Achilles heel for the last 20 years. And so now you're, it's a game changer. So if we can decarbonize the planet in the next 15 years, we have a chance. Otherwise, you look at COP27 goals that are not being met. It's going to continue to, the climate's going to continue to change. Uh, and, and so from our perspective, giving people the opportunity to be energy independent, not only are they now in control over their energy, but they're also helping decarbonize the planet. Whether they believe in climate change or not, it doesn't matter. What matters is that they are energy independent. We're, it's going to be impossible really to imagine that. Uh, we're going to have to live through it to find out how it turns out. But Demir, I want to thank you for taking time to talk with us today. It's been fascinating. Great pleasure. Really appreciate you. We've been talking with Damir Perge. He is the CEO of Amptricity, which is taking orders for its solid state batteries now. You can find out more and place an order at amptricity.com. Demir painted a picture of a post-carbon grid that will make electricity even more affordable and reliable. But the steps toward that new energy reality depend on all of us. Our decisions about when and how to move from fossil fuel generated power to renewables, who we want to pay to generate and store electricity, and how we manage our daily energy use to reduce the dependence on peak generation, which is the most polluting form of power, which kicks in on uh, late in the afternoon when more electricity is in use. All of those decisions are going to shape our economy. As we transition from one form of energy to another, there will be remarkable moments when we can renegotiate the political and economic relationships in our society. It's also encouraging to hear 
from this early battery innovator that an end-of-life solution for a recycling storage unit exists and even makes economic sense. So we strongly recommend that recyclability be a key criteria when you are considering new electric storage investments. We hope you'll take a few minutes to share this show with your friends, family, neighbors, and coworkers who are interested in their own power independence. You are the amplifiers that spread the ideas we collect here on sustainability in your ear. So please let folks know that they can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and other fine purveyors of podcast goodness. We appreciate your support. I'm Mitch Ratcliffe. We'll be back with another Innovator interview soon. In the meantime, folks, take care of yourself, take care of one another, and let's all take care of this beautiful planet of ours. Have a green day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.